What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to the Put Your Phone Down podcast. This is a weekly podcast where your average Aussie couple sits down once a week to cover any topic we feel like and completely ignore our phones. My name's James. And my name's Michaela. Now put your fucking phone down. So welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to start today by talking about my... I I told Michaela about this yesterday, but my... I love that you already have this planned. I just thought of it today. I was like, I'm going to tell people about this. Oh, okay, mister. I'm not going to plan a podcast. (laughs) I'm not planning a whole podcast. I haven't, like, sat down and wrote 30 minutes of podcast time down. (laughs) But... I've been getting into biking recently, well, biking. cycling, biking. I should say. I'm, I'm, this, I'm this close to getting some Lycra. <laughs> I am that close to buying some Lycra and just... With the booty? Going all in. Yeah, of course. So your bum doesn't hurt while you're riding. But um, currently, I only just invested in a helmet on the weekend. But I totally forgot, and I told Michaela about this yesterday, but we didn't talk about it a whole lot. But... Three days ago now, or four days ago now, on my daily bike ride that I've been going for, I'm screaming down, and like I time myself every day, so I'm trying to beat my record, and I'm screaming down this straight part as fast as I can, and as I look, I'm like, "Geez, that's a weird looking stick. Geez, that looks like a brown snake. Oh shit, that is a brown snake." And I'm next to it, and I'm already. It's too late. I can't stop. And my heart was racing because I'm not so freaked out about a snake from a distance. Like I'm not, that's not going to scare me. Someone's a little pussy. <laughs> but a brown snake is not something I, I want to be fucking close to at all. And it freaked me out. And did you say that was near Fishwick? It was near Fishwick. That's so funny because I've seen on a few people's Instagrams this week them walking in front of a brown snake near Kingston foreshore. Yeah. Fishwick area. Yeah. So I wonder if it's the same one. It could be. It was huge. Mm. And it went like there was people in front of it that like the snake went just behind them and then it went in front of me, but it was closer to them when it went behind them. And then our dog (laughs) just loves eating food why did you feed her before we started a podcast she finished eating she's now drinking water slurping water i don't know if it can be heard through this i don't think so but we can yeah but um anyway and that freaked me the hell out because brown snakes i just was thinking like imagine if it just decided nah stuff this guy on his bike i'm gonna get him or if i had have actually ran it over i mean and a brown snake's the one that goes into trees like, do they just flop out of trees onto your neck? I don't think so. I've never seen a brown <laughs> snake in a tree, but I've seen a few on the ground. So I'm sure there's some sort of snake that flops out of a tree and just jumps on you, like the, launches themselves at you. Tree snakes, that's what they're called. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't like. I think it, I thought I thought a tree snake was like one of those sissy little green snakes that can't even do anything no, to I'm you. sure they're like killers because they wrap themselves around the, your neck and then they That's strangle you. more like a anaconda. Yeah, that jumps out of a tree. No, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I, and I could be wrong that it's an anaconda as well, but anacondas are the ones I'm pretty sure that can grow up to like 
15, mm. 20 metres and eat like a whole sheep kind of thing. Yeah, and we don't even have them here. They're like in South America and stuff like that. Mm. We've just got brown snakes, red belly black snakes, and we've probably got some other ones, but they're the two that you don't want to mess with. Chicken snakes? Yeah, chicken snakes mm. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that was my experience with a brown snake recently. That's crazy. And so like what was your first instinct when you saw this snake? Like when you actually in your brain was like, oh, my God, that's a snake. Was it to like whack it or was it to like run away? My instinct was to stop and back away from the snake. But by the time that instinct hit, I was already next to it. So you were in flight mode then? You weren't in fight mode? I wouldn't, no, you don't fight a snake. That's just stupid. Well, you can kill it. I would avoid messing with a snake at all costs. My dad would kill a snake if he sees it. He's Mr. I'm going to kill you. I mean, I would if it was in my household. Oh, that would be scary. Like, but I'm not going to, oh, I have not told you this story ever. I've got another snake story. What? Yeah, this is this is messed up. Oh, my gosh. I would have been maybe eight years old. I was going to be, it was the first wedding I ever went to. I was the page boy. Whose um, wedding? I'm trying to think because there's sisters, Christina and Carrie-Anne, and I'm trying to think which sister was getting married. Is Carrie-Anne the one that lives in the camper van? Yes. Oh, cool. So not her, her older sister, Christina. Yeah, yeah. And I was the page boy at their wedding, and I think it was the night before the wedding. um, We'd done whatever, and this is pretty hazy because I was quite young. But whatever happens... Like the night before, I think everyone was drinking except me because I'm too young. So wake up in the morning and everyone's sitting out in the lounge room and Christina's mum, Heidi, comes. You just start hearing her screaming off her nana, just Mm -hmm. going absolutely wild and like runs out of... Were you staying in a hotel? No, we're at their house. Ah. Runs out of a bedroom into the lounge room. She's up on the couch. Like (laughs) kind of the reaction you'd expect if a rat was running around yeah your house like that kind of reaction i know that reaction yeah and then everyone's like calm down calm down what's going on and she's like there's a fucking snake in the bed in the bed in in the bed in the bed all right so we go shut we call yeah cringes guess who slept in the bed that night you no mum my mum my (laughs) mum slept in that bed that night snake who knows if it was in the bed or not? Surely she would have felt it. But it would have been in the bedroom. So we call the snake guy and he goes, okay, go close the door and you have to roll the towel up under the door because a snake oh, can apparently straight yeah, through, can yeah. like squish down to like a five-cent piece. And so we do that. He comes and sure enough, there's a snake in there. We didn't believe it. We're like, you're full of it. Like mm-hmm. no one thinks there's actually a snake in there. Yeah. Turns out there was. It was a red belly black snake and – the snake guy said it's pretty common for snakes to try and sleep at the foot of your bed because it's warm. So it could have been in the bed. Who knows? I'm sure if it was, it probably would have bit my mum. So, but it could have been under the bed. It could have been, it was in the room. And who knows how long it was there for? How freaky is that? What did your mum do? What was her reaction? 
I couldn't remember. I can't remember now because mm. that wasn't, it was after the fact, like there was no reaction from mum at the time. You'd have to ask her next time we see her. That's crazy. But I do, I just remember Heidi, like imprinted in my mind is her screaming, yeah. jumping up on the couch and like the bedroom's 10 metres away. Why are you up on the couch here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I would do the same. Yeah, and us trying to get a word out of her, like, or her husband trying yeah. to get a word out. Calm down, calm down. What's going on? <laughs> and she's just screaming, is that fucking snake? <laughs> it was hilarious. Oh but yeah. Do, yeah. you, do you have any snake stories? No, actually, to be honest, the only snake story I ever remember, and it's so weird that I remember it because I was only quite young because it was when mum and dad were still living in their Monash house, so when my parents were still together, and my parents broke up when I was four. So it must have been around that age when dad found a brown snake in so in the house that my dad built in monash it had like a full upstairs area but then he built an apartment in the garage downstairs Mm -hmm. and yeah there was a snake in there and he just grabbed it with his hand and took it out put it in the grass across the road yeah no yeah no way i wouldn't do that no hell no not a brown snake no i like I don't mind holding it. Oh, I have a snake story. You do? I've told you this story. So dad, like as a child, well, even now, we still go water skiing and wakeboarding. We don't go water skiing or wakeboarding as much. But um, as a child, the wakeboarding and water skiing river near Fishwick was open. Um, Is that called Malongo? Is it? I'm not sure. I don't know what it's called, but anyway. But I mean, I don't know how much they open anymore. I'm I, th- pretty sure I think you have to be a part of the, the actual like, club. The club. Yeah, yeah because, because it's it only for be, like training. Yeah, it used to be where you could just go down and go water skiing and wakeboarding and whatever. And that was like my growing up. We'd just go on the weekend and go water skiing, wakeboarding, donutting, whatever. We'd all just sit around, have picnics, and it was the best time. Like that's how I want my kids to grow up is experiencing that shit because that is just – Oh, I love it. So much fun. Anyways, um, little did we know, or maybe my parents did, well, my dad did know at the time, but I didn't know, and I was probably about 10 at the time, um, that that lake was infested with brown snakes. Yeah, and they can swim, can't they? They swim. Yeah. They I swim think you told me big that. Big time. Yeah, because, well, I didn't ever experience this brown snake in the water with me. But as you're sitting on the side, you can always see their heads just pop up out of the water. Yeah. Anyway, so (laughs) my dad did this thing when I was a child that he just wouldn't tell me about things because if I knew, I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't try anything. I wouldn't go in the water if I knew it was going to be bloody brown snakes in there, right? So dad just wouldn't tell me anything. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like actually it's probably the best thing he's ever done for me because – I already have an anxious brain. And so if he had told me about those things, I would have been so cautious and probably not gone in the water at all. But because he didn't tell me those things, I was straight in there, straight on the ski, straight on the weight board, let's go. And really, like, that benefited me a lot. This day, I was sitting on a rock on the edge of the water waiting for everyone to go and have their turns and whatever. Next minute, I turn and look across because I saw something kind of move on the rock right next to me. Didn't really take any notice of it because I saw a movement, but I couldn't really see anything. I was like, yeah, whatever. Just sat there. Next minute, Dad goes, hey, Michaela, um, 
don't worry, it's all good. Just stay there for a second. I was like, what? And he's like, don't move. Just just stay there for a bit. You'll be right. And I was like, I am staying here. <laughs> oh, no. A snake was literally slithering right next to my foot, a brown snake. And Dad and all the family friends that we were with and whatever had seen it. And I don't really remember what else happened from then on. You're too traumatised. I may, have born, you I may have born into shock. <laughs> but pretty much it was like right next to me and Dad, like Dad did the right thing and not freaked me out. But, um, yeah, I think it just ended up slithering away. But, oh, my God, if I knew that that had actually – and I'm pretty sure once I knew about it, I freaked out. But, yeah, we haven't gone back to that lake again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it takes a second for the shock to sort of yeah. hit you. Oh That's how God. I felt when I, like, went past it. And stuff like as I went past, I was like, "Oh, whatever, it's fine." Mm. But then you, my brain was like, "Imagine!" I know. And like all these things that didn't happen started to play out. Like, imagine if I actually ran it over and it was stuck in my wheel, trying to attack me while I was riding my bike. Or, and you know what also goes through my head is that I've been taught in first aid how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. But would you think that you would remember that in that time? Yeah. Oh, see, I don't know if my brain would, would go there. You'd, you'd honestly, you'd. I used to think if you got bitten by a snake, like a brown snake, I thought you were fucked, like just straight up. But you've got a few hours. Oh yeah, and you've got like, to do the little tie around the top of it so that it doesn't go up through. Tie it around the top, and then you've also got a bandage all the way up. Like if it's yeah, on your it's wrist, go like, you bandage all the way all up to way your up. shoulder. Yeah. Because so it's it not just it. like a tie where you're trying to um, stop, the, stop bleeding. the bleeding. Yeah, it's you're trying a, to stop it from moving. Yeah. yeah, like slow it down. We should do a first aid edition of Put Your Phones Down podcast. It's pretty hard to explain first aid using <laughs> just voice. We're going to teach everyone how to give CPR through the <laughs> microphone. Um, Although I am quite impressed with how ambulance phone picker-uppers do it. Emergency call. Centers. Yep, Centers. Yeah. <laughs> Not uh, ambulance phone picker uppers. What do you do for a living? I'm an ambulance phone picker upper. What do you do? That sounds so much better than an emergency <laughs> call center. It actually does. It sounds like your job's heaps of fun. My new job is a public servant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but that is so impressive. I love watching ambulance and emergency and all of his shows midwives oh my god like literally i could spend all my life just watching those shows james on the other hand hates, hates when i watch them hey i i just you watch it for a little bit and then it gets into the groomies and you're like nah. no it's actually the ambulance ones aren't too bad i quite yeah. i'm all right with the it's surgery ones mm. midwife stuff no nah. but like i remember like particular shows like surgery where they full you they watch like you see them cut someone open yeah and go inside that to me is like gross but if like i probably the best one we've seen or that i watched with you on ambulance was that guy who had that it was like a, it looked like the grim reaper's axe and it was through he's, his through his oh, like cheek and yeah, near his that, eye yeah. like i could look at that yeah it's fine but i couldn't have watched them take it out no way. Yeah. I can see the injury. I just can't see how you fix the injury. <laughs> oh, I know. 
I mean, it's so it, – I always think about it when I'm watching those shows that I literally went – well, I went through school, completed my tertiary education and applied for uni because that's what you did when you are in year 12 was got into – well, you did your tertiary, applied for uni. I got in for paramedicine and nursing. And I could not even imagine myself doing that right now. It's weird that, like, the thought of you should finish college and go to uni and pick a career that you want to do. That's your the... job for the rest of your life. It's it's nuts. I don't I don't like it. I really do not like it. I love the way my parents approached it. Of they said to me, "You go." year 11 and year 12 you complete tertiary you show us that you get a score for uni you get into uni and then you can decide whether you want to go or not and for me that was the best thing I ever did because it gave me the options Mm. it didn't mean I had to lock myself into this is what you're going to study and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life and also on top of that you're going to pay a hundred thousand dollar hex debt for the rest of your life instead I got into uni. I saw I got into uni. I was proud of myself for getting into uni. Did not want to be a paramedic or a nurse at that point in my life. Probably to this day I consider nursing again only because I would really kind of like to get into cosmetic nursing. But, again, not really like a biggest thing I need to do. Mm. But um, it gave me that option to go to uni and then the path that I took anyway provided me with stability in a workplace with stable income, new friends, experience in administration, working in resi care, experience in social work, working then now in the public service, so much experience in managing staff and the workplace. But then also through my life of, of my jobs, I've been so lucky to also be offered to study so now i now Mm. now i have completed well my last assignment is due this weekend and i've then completed a graduate in public sector management which people study six years for and it was paid for and it was all paid for yeah it's awesome that's do you think there's like there's a little like for guys like I know a lot of blokes who still went to uni and stuff, but like guys have the really, like it's kind of an easy option to just be a tradie. I think it's like, women too. Like no, women can go be tradies. Hmm. I'm not saying they no, can't. No, no, I mean trade as in hairdressing. But there's a huge pay difference between hairdressing and being a carpenter. Why? There just is. How do you know that? Because I dated a hairdresser who was finished her apprenticeship fully qualified and I was almost earning double. I think it depends on where you work. Probably does. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of why I was asking. Mm. I was wondering, like, I feel like for blokes or females who would like to get into trades, Mm. which there's no reason they can't, it just doesn't happen as often. Yeah. Um, But like you kind of go get a trade, whether it's carpentry, plumbing, electrician, whatever it is. And although you start out on shitty apprentice wages, just like anywhere, but it's like after four years and a bit of school, all of a sudden you're making pretty good money with very little effort. Like it's not hard. 
I mean, but you didn't enjoy it because it was the out, like, didn't, wasn't it consuming you the hours and working in the cold and the heat? Mm, not at first. That was after eight years. Mm. Like, I got sick of it after six. For six years, I didn't mind it because mm. I was making more money than any of my mates, but that's not because they went, it's because I was two years ahead yeah. because I didn't go to college. Yeah. So I had a two year advantage. Yeah. So, man, I was two years in front, plus being a carpenter in Canberra, it wasn't, you didn't actually have to go get your trade certificate. Mm. So I didn't even do an apprenticeship. I just immediately became a subcontractor. Yeah. So when I was 21, I would have had, that's when I'd been doing it for four or five years full time. Yeah. I would have had my first year where I'd earned. If I stayed the whole year, yeah. I would have had my first year earning six figures. Yeah. But I got to $60,000 in six months and I said to my dad who I worked for, I was like, because I was talking about the money mm. and he was kind of saying to me, he's like, that's cool. And then he was like, you know, money's not everything though, right? Mm. And that he was the one who sort of made me think about it. And I was like, you're right. And then I went overseas for a year and a half. I was like, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm, you're right. I don't care about the money. Yeah. At the time, all I cared about was snowboarding. And I was like, I've got plenty of money to go snowboarding now. And so that's what I did. But if you could do it differently now, would you? Uh, well, I went to Europe first for summer and then I went snowboarding. If I could do things differently, the only thing I would have done is not have gone to Europe. I yeah. would have gone snowboarding. Yeah. Like I felt like I missed out on a potential like four to six months of progression. And like, so I took off is when I was sort of just feeling like I was starting to get better at snowboarding, like consistently. Mm-hmm. And then I took off a four month break to go to Europe. And then when I went back to it after Europe, I felt like, oh, I'm, I feel uncomfortable again. Yeah. And I had to get used to riding, like not used to riding again. It's not like I forgot everything, yeah. but it was like just that confidence. But building. do you think that you still would have ended up in the position that you did when you finished snowboarding? No, like I would, that's have, I would I mean. have been do better. You... Yeah, I but would, would def- you have still had the in- injuries and things like that? Probably. That's just, yeah. I think that's one of the things. So do it's... you regret spending your money on that kind of stuff and not saving it for houses and not like at that. all yeah that's what not, I was trying to get not at. even slightly yeah um because yeah there was a there was a time when i was like 18 probably like before i went on my first snowboarding trip overseas actually no i was i was like 16 but at the time i had already been working for like I had a part-time job as a kitchen hand since I was 14 mm. and I was working every single Saturday with dad um, because mum <laughs> told me whatever I earned from mm. the day I started working story. till the day I bought my first car, which would have been 16, nine months, she said she'd double it. Yeah. And when I got to 16, nine months and was looking at my first car, I had... I don't want to get this wrong. Did I have eight grand or did I have 16 grand? 
because I had no bills mm -hmm. and I was working a lot because I knew school wasn't for me. Yeah. Like I, just, I knew that. So I was working every day. I'd have to ask mum, but I'm going to say eight. I'm going to go lower than what I think mm. just so I'm not lying straight yeah. up. But when I got that and mum and I said, well, now you've got to double that money. And she just looked at me and laughed and said, no fucking way. <laughs> And so she ended up buying me my first car, mm. but it was only $2,000. So it was a $2,000 car. And then I had, I think it must have been eight grand. And then it was kind of like, all right, well, with that eight grand, is it, do I save up that amount again? And now that I'm going into full time work, it's easier and get a house. Or, and that's when I got the opportunity to go overseas snowboarding. Yeah. And I remember I asked mum, you can talk to her about that to this day. I said, I said, what should I do? And she said, I can't tell you what to do. Mm. And she has told me since what she would have done and it's save the money and buy a house. Mm. But I'm not her. Mm. And now I'm like, it would have been cool if I had have done that. But at the same time, I had a fucking blast. I mean, I think your experiences will so much outweigh a house like yeah and to be honest and like to be honest i would have pissed that money up the wall doing something like just drinking if i stayed in canberra oh yeah like yeah. either way i was going to waste a lot of that money because yeah. i was 16 17 18 yeah i didn't know what i wanted i didn't know what i wanted until Really, two years ago, when well, then you started even getting, still know what you want. I know what I want to do, like for the rest of my like. I know what career I want now. Yeah, that's that's been really, I don't know, helpful or like feels like relief. Yeah, it's like I don't have to think. What am I going to do with my life? I know what I want to do with my life. Now I just got to stick to it. Consistency is key. Mm, that's exactly right. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I think it's important to hear stories like that because so many people get caught up in this whole, I need to save money for a house. I need to save money for my car. I need to save money for this. Yeah, cool. But you're only young once. You only live once. I definitely went down that path of I'm going to save money. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. That didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and then... I'm still now in the, I'm saving money for a house. I'm saving money for kids. You're doing it all over again with someone else. I am. But again, they're my priorities. Yeah. It, and that's what I want. And I know that I can do the travel that I want to do within the means of still being able to save for the money, the money for a house and kids. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest, it's not one of the hardest things, but you just got to figure out what is it. Like everyone can give you all sorts of advice, mm. but we're all like quite different. Oh, and yeah. You got to just know yourself. And if you end up making a mistake, like it's not the end of the world sort of thing. No, exactly. And you're, it's so funny because when you're at the age of coming out of school, having to then, or you're getting, you're getting told that this is a time where you should be thinking about what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You are only still so young. And I know how much my parents said this to me when I was that, at that age. You're only so young, still got so much ahead of you, but there's no way you listen to that when you're that age. 
You go with what your instincts are telling you and what you want to be doing, and that is the right way to do it. Mm. Do what you need to do at that time. Take all of the influence away. Take all of everyone else's opinions away and think about what you really want to be doing, and it's so hard to do it when you're a person like me because I'm a people pleaser and I want to make sure that everyone's happy with what I'm doing. But in the end, it's what I need to do for myself because I'm the only one looking after me and that's the biggest thing that I've only really learnt recently is do what I want to do. Mm. I think I, I would have, I think you would have had your head screwed on way more when you were a 18 year old than I did. Yeah. I think. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. But like I remember, and for anyone who is like 18 years old, you look at like a 30 year old and you're like, that's so old. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, I should have kids but, by then. And then you get to the, yeah, like. But I'm 30 now. Yeah. And I know that I don't feel 18 because I know what I was like when I was 18. Yeah. But I still feel super young. I mean, with old knees. With old knees. <laughs> yeah. My knees hurt all the fucking time. <laughs> but besides, but in my brain, like I don't, I don't feel old. Yeah. Like and, it, and you don't. And like I turned, what, 26 last week. And I always thought, oh, I'm going to have kids at 26. And now it's kind of like, oh, but I've literally like am only really starting to progress in my career, only really starting to think about what I want to do as a side hustle, only really starting to think about where I want to live and what I want to be. Mm. I'm I'm wondering if in another five or so years it's going to happen again. Like I felt like two years ago at around 28 when I met you, I grew up. Yeah. But I'm wondering if that's going to happen again at like 35. I'm going to go, oh, and grow up to another level. We'll have kids and then grow up more. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I look forward to it too. Me too. Anyways. Michaela's giving me the wrap up call. We're getting told to (laughs) wrap it up. Wrap, wrap. (laughs) Thanks everyone for jumping on board. No, thank you, James, for jumping on our board. Yeah. Peace out. (laughs)